This episode of Schedule for Launch talks a lot about mental health and has a very brief conversation on male suicide rates. We don't go into graphics or details, but the entire episode covers those themes as well as our guests talking about how they live their life with mental health concerns. If you are concerned that any of the content you hear may be triggering, we understand if you choose not to listen. Your safety and well-being is paramount. Living with mental health troubles is an incredibly difficult task. There is no uniform type of coping mechanism. For some, though, that mechanism is writing. This week on Schedule for Launch, join me, Zach Walsh, as I talk with Bailey G about her two works, The Many Personalities of Me and Linear. We talk writing processes, themes, and bettering yourself. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. This week, we are joined with our very first author, and I am so excited to have them on. Bailey, thank you so much for coming on to Schedule for Launch this week. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're glad to have you here. And we're going to be talking about two of your works, The Many Personalities of Me and Linear, and we're going to try and get to to know a little bit about you too. These are some deeply personal works. I, I've read them both. They're phenomenal. Like I absolutely oh, adored you. them. I, I devoured them. Like I read them. I picked them up. I think I picked them up a couple days ago. Cause I was like, I need to make sure I know what I'm talking about. And I read the many personalities of me and I was like, Oh, that was some heavy stuff, but also like, I, I get it. And then I sat down and I was like, oh, Linear's a lot of fun. And then I read them again last night yeah. just because I like wanted to get a refresher, but it was great. Like it was, it was such a, they're so well put together. So I'm excited well, to be talking you. about them. Oh, you're so welcome. So before we really get into what these, these two poem collections are, can you please tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I'm Bailey and, um, I'm a poet, um, slash author, slash writer, slash a bunch of other things. Um, and I write poetry based on my experience living with mental health issues. And I have published two books, as you mentioned. Yeah, they are very, like I said, very well done and very well priced. So can you tell us a little bit about your two works and what they are, where they came from. Sure. So um, I wrote The Many Personalities of Me and Linear. Um, I wrote The Many Personalities of Me first and Linear I just recently uh, published, actually. Um, and they can be found on Amazon, Audible, Barnes & Noble, um, scribed, basically anywhere you can find a book, you can find <laughs> my books. That's great to hear. I didn't realize they were on Audible. Yeah. That's, that's really convenient. The, um, audio book for, um, 
for the book I just released, Linear, is about to be wrapped up soon. Oh, so wow. that'll be up soon. Yeah. Congratulations. It's going to be really, really good. I'm so excited for it. I'm excited to hear that. Actually, I'll probably end up listening to that one too. So yeah, let's, let's hop into it and get to know a little bit more about these two pieces because they are kind of a journey through your mental health and they are, like I said, very, very well written, um, and very deeply personal by what I can tell. Right. So your first published work was the many personalities in me. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things that I noticed right off the hop with the very first poem, footsteps to reflection, uh, it's really hopeful. What made you want to start your first collection off with a really positive take on your mental health journey? Well, um, you know, I had written all these poems and I had collected them, kept them for years. And uh, I don't know, I I just think with Footsteps to Reflection, it was such a, uh, you know, like a wow moment for me when I wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, it really about self-discovery. And so I really wanted to, wanted to start off with that one just because it was such a a big moment for me. Um, you know, when I really started to discover really who I am and going through the mental health journey and, and all that. So I kind of wanted to start off with that. And I think that comes through really clearly, even at like the darker points throughout the many personalities of me, uh, it's, there's still this air of like, I'm doing this to get better or better myself, not right. even get better, but to better myself. And I think that, yes. especially with the, the pandemic, a lot of people could relate to that, which actually brings me on to the second one, which I'm pretty sure was titled The, the Loneliness Pandemic. Hugely relatable. <laughs> yes. Hugely relatable. <laughs> there was a lot of emotion that goes into that piece. Yes. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about your experience during the pandemic? Some of the things that helped yeah, you get through oh that gosh. because yeah, it's huge. So. <laughs> oh God. Let me tell you at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, when, when they first announced at least, at least in, you know, where I live, they were like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's going to be two weeks and then we'll be over this. Um, <laughs> oh boy. And I was like, yeah, sweet. I can do this two weeks. And then two weeks became three, and three weeks became, what, two years? <laughs> and let me tell you, two years. Oh. And then, so let me tell you, at the beginning, it was really, after I got over the, the really easy, like, yeah, I could do it. <laughs> it um, became, it started to become really hard for me um, because I'm also, I don't know people know this, but I'm wheelchair-bound. Um, so I, I, yeah, so I couldn't leave my house, right, to get necessary things, you know, even to socialize, couldn't leave my house. So I was basically stuck in my room for all those months and months and months. Um, so, you know, and I think like you said, so many people can relate to, 
to the loneliness, you know, of not being able to go out. Um, and doing 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 the things they want to do, you know. Um, it was really hard, you know. You miss your friends, you miss your other family. Mm-hmm. You know, you just want to see people and do things. So I think, yeah, there was a pan- there is a pandemic. Uh, you know, you got COVID happening, but I think also the loneliness and the mental health. Um, I think mental health for people has gotten a lot worse during the pandemic. Yeah, I can totally because agree of that. the isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I wrote the loneliness pandemic. That's yeah. I, I can imagine it was it it's a it was a totally I mean unexpected we as a society we as a society were told that it would last what two two weeks to a month I think um, <laughs> yeah and here we go <laughs> still going longest week ever <laughs> basically. I didn't realize how much I needed people because I'm, I'm oh, very yeah. introverted, like on the mic, talking to people like this, I know that I come off as very joyful and, uh, approachable maybe, or excitable y'all. I don't leave my house like ever, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. when that pandemic hit and somebody told me, no, you can't. I started to miss people. So <laughs> Exactly, yeah. It's it's funny though because for an introvert, I'm an introvert too. For somebody who never left their house before, as soon as somebody tells you you can't, you all of a sudden start to miss it. Yeah. Just those simple things, right? Like going for oh, a walk in the park was, or something like that. Yeah. Oh, rough. It yeah. was rough is what it, it was, was. It was really really tough on my mental health and uh I ended up being hospitalized uh three or four times within the span of the pandemic because my mental health was so poor oh wow yeah that's a lot so obviously one of the things that helped you through it though was writing yes can you talk a little bit about that like what was it about writing that was cathartic or helpful like what what was it about this outlet Oh, wow. Writing is, is just, it's amazing. You know, it's when I can't find the words to, to speak, um, I can always find words to write down in, in, in a poetic form. Um, and it comes so easily to me. Like I can spit out a poem in less than five minutes, less than two minutes. I can spit out a poem. You threw one up right before we logged on here. I saw that. <laughs> I did, yes. <laughs> yeah, and that took me and that took me probably less than a minute to to write. Oh boy. Wow, it was pretty good too. So <laughs> Oh, thank you. Um, you know, so writing has just always been my my voice, you know, because I I grew up very sheltered, uh very I was always, you know, felt like I didn't really have a voice. Nobody listened to me kind of thing. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think writing just became my voice and my way of speaking out against things that I didn't like. And and it somehow turned into poetry. That's beautiful. 
I'm sorry that you felt that way. I'm glad that you found an outlet too. And that you're getting to kind of share your craft with a, a wider audience because it's, like I said, it's, there's something to really like here, Bailey. I think that people can relate to it, especially with the many personalities of me and what people have been going through. Not that we've all have the same experience, but I think there's a lot of relatable aspects to a lot of the work in there. Linear, like I said, we're, we're going to get to linear in a little bit is a very different take. And I'm very excited to talk about linear. One of the things I really wanted to talk about too, was this, like I said, is the many personalities of me specifically is really very, very much a direct show into kind of like your experiences, your, your trip through with your mental health, your, your life really, it feels like. And that's a lot to put on display to the public. What, what was it? What gave you the confidence to kind of like to share that? Cause there's some really heavy material in here. Yeah. You know what? From the beginning, when I first decided I wanted to write this book, I, I thought, yeah, you know, some of it's personal, but if I could just help one person feel less alone less isolated and feel like somebody understands them understands what they're going through understands what they feel you know then that is worth it that's what i want Mm -hmm. that's what i want to achieve with my books is to you know reach out and let people know that it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to go through what you're going through uh and i understand and i just want my books to help people and to reach out to people that are going through it. I think that a lot of people will be able to find that in these pages. Was there an author or a piece that kind of did that for you too? Um, hmm. I don't know. I think I just kind of, I, I kind of, this is, this is going to sound big headed, but I kind of became my own biggest fan. <laughs> That's okay. And I was like, yes, yes, I'm awesome. I'm going to do this. I love my poetry. That's great. No, being a fan of yourself is like one of the best things you can do, especially when we're talking about mental health. Like if you're a fan of one part of yourself, oh, yeah. that means you can start to learn to be a fan of other parts. Yeah, that's a, no, that's a great can-do attitude. I love that. <laughs> Sometimes I feel kind of big headed. You know what? It's okay to feel big headed sometimes. Every now and then I'll listen to another podcast and be upset about their audio quality and be like, they're doing their best. <laughs> and then I feel good about my audio. So <laughs> <laughs> I understand about being a little big headed sometimes. You can, you can like yourself. It's okay to like yourself. Bailey, you had mentioned that you had been hospitalized and a lot of people honestly have some. We'll we'll call it views on asking for help with mental health. There's a lot of stigma. Right. Yes. Would you be willing to talk about some of those experiences and how you worked through them for the audience? If you're still working through them, what are some other things that you may have seen? Um. You know, I don't. Uh, it's mental health is. It's come a long way. 
you know, in the way that we talk about mental health, you know, like there's the Bell Let's Talk Day, um, you know, and I think people are a lot more accepting now than they were like maybe 10, 20 years ago um, of, of mental health issues. But there's still a long way to go and there's still a stigma. Um, oh, 100%. You know, and yeah, um, you know, especially, I mean, I'm lucky because I just don't really care what people think. Um, you know, people, people, people could tell me their opinion about my mental health all they want. That's nice. And I'll tell them where to go. Um, you know, socket to the bailiff. Um, um, but you know, there's, I know there's quite a big stigma with men and speaking out and men seeking help, Mm -hmm. um, and men showing emotion and that, that that just irks me. That just oh, that bothers me so much. Yeah, so it me too. I mean, like men are human, and men therefore experience human emotion. Crying is okay. <laughs> Sadness is a human emotion. Depression is a you know a human emotion. So you know it's okay for men to be sad and depressed and uh, all other kinds of things and. You know, just because, you know, you're a man and you cry doesn't make you less of a man and, you know, doesn't make you any of these other horrible things that people say, you know, mm-hmm. and it's okay to reach out for help. And if you're one of those people listening and one of those people who uh, mock men for reaching out for help and mock men for crying, stop it. <laughs> um, just, Just stop. Um, yeah, because that's just, it's not okay, because also, you know, suicide rates, right, like, with men yeah. are much higher, because they're afraid to ask for help. No, that's, that's totally true. Positive side for you, Bailey, uh, this podcast has a, a very strong stance on bigotry. We've told people who, who may be listening, they might not be, but if they do listen, <laughs> Uh, there's more than one episode where we've told them to go fuck themselves. So, <laughs> uh, okay, I was trying to be, I was trying to be nice about it, but there you go. Nope, we we're marked for explicit on iTunes, so we're we're good to <laughs> to cuss them out here. <laughs> yeah, no, but one of the one of the things too that's like when I was younger too. I'm going to talk a little bit about me for a second. When I was younger, I. And I, I still am. I'm super sensitive in general. I'm a big crybaby a lot of times. And I don't say that like, uh, in like a mean way to myself, like I'll tear Mm -hmm. up at the dumbest stuff. And I think it's really funny now, but obviously it really upset me when I was younger. And as listeners of this show may kind of be fitting the, the pieces together now, one of the things that. I, I am in my, my day job is I'm a, a youth worker and a youth counselor specifically. I'm chained in um, child long-term disease in children. So a lot of that oh, stuff, wow. kind of like, yeah, a lot of those stigmas that really bug me as a kid, not that I ever really hit the same low points that a lot of people have, but they, they affected me enough to kind of aim my career around that. So I, I've seen and I've worked with a lot of cases that you kind of mentioned. 
Wow. Yeah. So, well, but we're not here you. to talk about me. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about me. We're going to go back to talking about your works. And I got one more question <laughs> about the many personalities of me okay. before we move on it. to linear. So it's actually about the, the last poem, New Blood, which uh, shows the okay. reader that, yeah, it, it, well, it shows the reader that you're kind of making those strives to improve your life. And one of the things I wanted to really touch on was that you had that really positive poem at the very beginning with footsteps right. to reflection. And then there's right. a lot of really heavy stuff that kind of, it kind of, it's like we're working backwards in the poems. Like we keep on going <laughs> lower and lower into the state yeah. of your mental health. And then we start to slowly rise back. And I would say that new blood is probably the peak in, well, the newer version of you as of the end of that writing. Right. Could you tell us a, a little bit about how you set up the poems to kind of give this through way, this narrative through way that goes from the, the high down to the, the valley and then kind of like a new peak? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I didn't want to start off with, you know, with the miserable poems right off the bat, even though they're all kind of <laughs> miserable. But, um, um, yeah, so I just kind of had to eeny, meeny, miny, moan which one is more miserable than the other. No. Um, <laughs> I had to, you know, lesser of all evils here. Um, I, I, I don't know. I kind of wanted to start off on a, you know, a lighter-ish note, you know, so that way the reader doesn't feel automatically how, how <laughs> I do, <laughs> um, you know, and then puts down the book. Um, so yeah. that's how I suck you in, you know, make you feel all happy and warm and fuzzy and then get you all depressed at the end. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going on a journey. And that's, that's what you do. You yeah. take, you uh, take your yeah. reader through a journey in like a very, like I said, a very positive way. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the many personalities to me is a great kind of look at, especially when read in conjunction with linear. And I think right. for me, for me, that was the best way to experience this, especially knowing that I'd be talking to you in like the near future. Right one of the best ways for me to, to prepare this was reading these two back to back because the growth between new blood and road to uncertainty, which is the first poem in linear is wild. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about how things change between the end of the many personalities of me and writing linear? Oh, yeah. Well, I started writing Linear when I was in the hospital, which time I don't know, but um, <laughs> when I was <laughs> uh, when I was in the hospital and um, I don't know, I just wrote to uncertainty that, because I wanted Linear to be a, a book about recovery um, mm -hmm. and hope and Road to Uncertainty to me, the poem is I wrote it, I wanted the poem, the poem is about, um, you know, me kind of finding my way and me just 
branching out into recovery and me just starting to feel better and you know so I wanted to start off with that um to show people that it really is possible that you know you can turn yourself around and you can do better and get help um because that's the message that I wanted to to give yeah and I think one of the things too that I noticed was the the direct kind of growth from you or at least the the taking the reins the the next poem uh, a toy I'll never have talks a lot about control and yes. what being controlled's like controlling your own life and it's very much kind of feeling out of control which is like a really interesting now that I'm thinking about it, it's a very interesting combination with the one before it <laughs> being Road to Uncertainty, which I believe the first line's like, I am the driver or something like that. Yeah. So that's a very, huh, look at you. You're real great at this, like, building them out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, yeah, you, you talk about control there, and I think that it's, yeah. it's, a really, it's a really good representation of living with mental mental illness and mental health troubles yeah um a toy i'll never have is actually about um ocd and anxiety um and you know feeling that lack of control um you know and and what what it feels like when every day you rely on some kind of routine and that routine gets throwing out the window you know yeah um yeah so because i'm the type of person who needs to know what's gonna happen when it's gonna happen how it's gonna happen and life's mm -hmm. not like that unfortunately yeah um so that's why you know a toy i'll never have uh, you know <laughs> certainty control um yeah to be able to control what's gonna happen when it's gonna happen so because that's the thing that sets off my anxiety and my OCD is is control and the fear of the unknown. So writing that poem was deeply, deeply personal. Um, uh -huh. And yeah, it was it was difficult to write that one. But uh, actually, you know what? I'll tell you something. Um, a lot of the poems I wrote for that book and for the many personalities of me i actually wrote while i was having panic attacks oh yeah that's wildly interesting now yeah this this might be like a little bit of like a deep question but is is this like um a reflexive response or is it a way for you to try and get yourself back into control or is it a comfort yeah it's it's more of like I think it's it's um one way of expressing how how I'm feeling during the panic attack. Um, like you know, it's a way for me to express what's going on in my body, how I'm feeling physically, what's going on emotionally, mentally during the panic attack. So I'm writing it down, you know, um, and I find that very helpful because otherwise I just sit and think. And I think, you know, like, oh, I think myself into into a depression, you know, so I, I think and I overthink 
so I just, you know, I decided to write, uh, write while I was having a panic attack. It's a lot easier than than I thought it would be, actually. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I, I've only had, I've only had one true and proper panic attack, and I thought I was dying. So, like, the fact that you're like, I'm gonna write a poem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it makes you, yeah, yeah, it makes you feel like you're dying, but you can't actually die during a panic attack. So. No, no, not, not directly at least. Yeah. No. Um, they're, they're not fun. I 10 out of 10 would no. not recommend the experience if you have 10 out choice. of 10 do not recommend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. That was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's, that's part of the great thing here is that kind of like one of the things we're we're kind of laughing about it now, but this is it's relatable. A lot of people understand these things. Like there are what seven billion people on this planet, and most people at some point through their life will go through some sort of mental health crisis. Yes, and it sucks that that's the case, but it's yeah. it's very human. So that relatability, I think, is something that your work is actually offering in a very comforting way as odd as that sounds. No, I, I'd like to think so. I mean, I just want people to feel not alone. Cause I know how that feels, you know, I know how it feels to be alone and to not feel like anybody understands, you know, what you're going through. So I just want to be that person for people. Yeah. I, I think that's very sweet. And I think that one of the people that you had to learn to be that person for was yourself. Oh, yes. You have a poem in linear called Dear Disabled Girl, which now talking to you a little bit makes a little bit more sense because I I didn't know about your your disability actually at first. I didn't didn't realize I somehow managed to miss that when I was looking through other stuff. No, it's, you know what, it's not something that I have widely really talked about or written about. I usually write about my mental health, not my physical health. So it's not something that people really know. So surprise. (laughs) Well, that's the thing too, though. Just because you might have a disability doesn't mean that you're any less of a, a person. Like, that's like right it's it's definitely a secondary thing but i i like i think in linear dear disabled girl might be one of my favorite pieces because this is oh. to me uh yeah well i i think to me it's one of the pieces where i can see that a first of all any any person who's not typically able to who reads this one is going to get something very sweet out of this but also Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely just like i can you read it and you can tell that you're trying and you're you're growing and i think that there is no amount of words that can state how very important that is it's it's a lot um if i'm can i assume here I'm guessing that this one was also written during a pretty low point, though. 
Sorry, everybody. I am back to the old place and rural internet is amazing. Bailey, we were talking about Dear Disabled Girl and uh, I had foolishly made the guess that this was written during a low point and you were about to tell me how wrong I was. <laughs> I was. I was going to tell you you're so wrong. Um, I wrote Dear Disabled Girl actually when I first really started becoming okay with the fact that I am disabled and, you know, really comfortable in my body and really accepting, you know, that, you know what, this is who I am and I can't change it. Um, because I've spent, I spent all my childhood hating myself because I was disabled and wishing I would change. Uh, and it never worked. Um, so I just kind of, fell into this period of where I have acceptance where you know what this is who I am and I'm gonna start liking myself damn it <laughs> I'm glad to hear that though because that's really good that's part of the reason why I really like this one is because you can feel that kind of like that turn it's it's sweet it's it's just a it's a good happy moment to have and just like reading that one, I think is really touching, especially for people who might be living with physical disabilities. Yeah. Um, actually, another reason I wrote Dear Disabled Girl was, um, you know, when I was younger, well, like really little, actually, um, my parents always told me that one day I would grow up and possibly change the lives of, uh, of another little girl with uh, a disability so I wrote Dear Disabled Girl um, from my experience and basically for any disabled little girl who is in the same position as me and you know who's who's younger and you know so I wrote it for them that's so sweet I like this this whole message you've taken on as much as these poems are about you, they mm -hmm. feel like they're for somebody else at the same time. It's like, this is yes. what I'm going through. How do you feel? And that's that's yeah. the tone I get from a lot of your work. And I think a lot of people who read them will also be able to pick that up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my, I wrote my poems. I mean, my poems originally were for me, but... I mean, my goal was always to help people with them. So they're, I'm not selfish anymore. They can, they can be for other people too. <laughs> there is a lot of different tones in linear. So sometimes there are like, you're, you're really positive and happy ones. Sometimes there's your, your sad ones, obviously that kind of like, hit you in the heart and then there's ones like about dinosaurs playing baseball that are just kind of fun <laughs> and lighthearted, and yeah. their their tones are all over the place but they fit together really well what goes into composing work that covers a lot of different a lot of different emotions uh, well personally i love uh can dinosaurs play baseball? That's one of my favorites. It's so cute. Um, it's so cute. <laughs> I also like you know, the little picture of the dinosaur that's with it. It's just uh 
Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, you know, I wrote. Listen, I wrote linear because, you know, mental mental health, mental illness isn't isn't linear. No, so that's where I got the title from. Mental health isn't linear. So, you know, you're going to have your bad days, your ups, your downs. It's not just going to be a straight line of positivity, you know? Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. So you're going to have your struggles. Um, it's going to be a graph of all over the place and messiness and ugliness and whatever. But, um, you know, so I learned it's not linear. You're going to have your bad days and, you know... You're going to want to quit and you're going to have your really awesome days where your mental illness doesn't really impact you and you feel like you can take on the world and you can kick people's ass and, you know, and, <laughs> um, so every day will be different. So that's kind of where I got the idea to kind of do the book, you know, in different kind of like up and down and up and down. Yeah. So. Here's kind of maybe a little bit of a, a strange one. Um, okay. And it, it's kind of about uh, a little bit that it's about the author in the back of linear. And it's a question that I personally have. So there is a little spot that talks about you reading Chicken Soup for the Soul, which I feel like oh, everybody yes. has had some sort of interaction with the Chicken Soup for the Blank Soul uh, book at this yeah, point. Oh, yeah. Yes. And it says that you started writing letters to the editor uh, that were never oh, yes. sent and knowing that writing was your calling. What yes. what were those likes? Have you gone back and read those letters? Oh, no. Those letters are long <laughs> gone. Those are oh, long gone, man. Those are, those are, those are gone. <laughs> that was like over 15 years ago. I'm old. <laughs> oh, it's still fun. Is is so that's that's kind of what sparked your your love for writing though was these these letters to somebody that Oh yeah. Yeah, were just never sent. I wanted to be in Chicken Soup for the Soul so badly. I wrote her letters every day and I never sent them because I didn't think they would get to her or whatever the reason, I don't know. But Oh, I wanted to be in the chicken soup for the soul so badly. <laughs> and yeah, so. uh, I I have an aunt who's the exact same way, uh, so I, I've seen that happen a lot. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so good though. Like, it. I think it's so. It's so sweet. It's such a cool way for you it all to begin though, because it. Tell me if you you noticed this though. You started off with chicken soup for the soul and writing and wanting to be in that. And here you are writing your own collection of poems that are more or less trying to achieve the same thing with a different direction. Oh, I know. Isn't it wild? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to tell you a funny story, actually. Um, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> so growing up, I hated poetry. I despised it. Um, and I hated it so much until I got into high school. 
you know, in high school you do the 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 plays and the poetry and the, you know, mm-hmm. it's part of English class, whatever. And I hated it. But um, until one of my teachers told me, you know, that poetry doesn't necessarily have to rhyme. Like, not all poetry is rhyming. Yeah, you don't have to deal with ABA for everything. Yeah, yeah. So that really is what changed my mind about poetry. And I started writing. That's so funny. I think I was the same way. I didn't care for... I didn't care for poetry at all up until high school. Now, I don't write it, um, mainly because I am not a great writer. I bet you are. I might be. I might be, but I, uh, I I like talking to people about what they do better. I think I'm a better interviewer than I am a poet. <laughs> but I didn't care for poetry at all. And then my my big one wasn't, chicken soup for the soul no my foray into poetry was edgar Allan poe and i was like oh there's weird pure there's weird poetry out there let's go find that huh. and that that's kind of what started broadening my horizons so bailey we're actually starting to run low on time we've actually been going for 47 minutes now oh my goodness wow. Yeah. <laughs> so here on schedule for launch, and I told you a little bit about it at the beginning. One of the most important questions to me is what advice can you give somebody who has no prior experience writing, but wants to start? And I think that part of the reason why I love this question so much is there's really no right answer. No, exactly. Exactly. There and but this is like a place to help inspire people because a lot of us on this show are small time people trying to make our own little mark in the world. Yeah. Um I would just say to honestly, it's just lame and it's very you know, whatever, but just write whatever you whatever you can, write. You know, even if you have nothing to write about write about the fact that you have nothing to write about. That's what I did. <laughs> I wrote a poem about how I have nothing to write about. <laughs> um, you know, so write about, you know, write about what you had for lunch, write about whatever. Um, but just find little things to write about. And then soon those little things will turn into big things. And, you know, it doesn't have to be this big, massive poem. You know, it just has to be something that you like. Um, and yeah, and I think that's just a way to start is just mm-hmm. to, yeah, to just write about literally anything. That's incredible advice. And the best part is that you don't need to rhyme when you're doing it. No, exactly. If you don't want to rhyme, don't rhyme. You know, not everybody's a Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I'm certainly not. Rhyming is very hard for me. Rhyming is very difficult. <laughs> yeah. You know, so just write about the very mundane things in your day, you know. You got up to brush your teeth, whatever. Just write a, write a poem about that, it, you know. It's, yeah, so that's that's my advice. That's good advice, though. So just start. Just do it. We... Yeah, just, just do it. Just... In our very first episode, 
that was the advice given by um, a musician friend of mine who joined me on the show. And he called it striking while the iron's hot. So as soon as you feel it, and I think, I think that everybody who's come on to the show has given some form of strike while the iron's hot, just do it, get out there, put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's pretty sound advice. Yeah, I think so too. Bailey, this has been a lot of fun. I was super nervous, like I said, when we first came on. Oh my gosh, no, don't be. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's new. I've never interviewed an author before, so I hope that this is well-received. But the most important question for, for us out there is, where can people find out more about you? Where can they pick up the many personalities of me and Linear? Oh my gosh, like everywhere. Okay, so let me tell you. Okay, so <laughs> you can <laughs> you can pick up the many personalities of me on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, Scribed, um, uh, Booktopia for those Australian people, um, and where else? Yeah, and oh, and um. Ah, where else? There are somewhere else. I'm all over the place. And um yeah, for linear, same thing for linear. Um and I'm working on the ebook um for linear currently, so it'll be out soon. Yeah. That's perfect. And where can people maybe follow you and kind of like get in contact or like figure out what you're doing? Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at bailey g poetry and that's bailey b-a-i-l-e-y g g-e-e poetry beautiful as always audience those are going to be linked down below not every single website for where to pick up the books because there's a lot of them um (laughs) every time i go to look there is a little bit more that i discover so we're gonna bailey and i will figure (laughs) out a couple that (laughs) to put up there the e-copies are both very well laid out and very, they're fantastic reads and they're not like, they're also really well priced. I'm going to just like throw that out there. Like the e-copies of these books are like, it's a really fair price to get out and get it. And you mentioned that there's, they're going to be on audible. So that's a place you can listen to yeah. them. And just as good there too. I bet. It's not going to be my voice, unfortunately, but you know, Oh, that's too bad. So you'll have to, you know, Deal with that. (laughs) (laughs) Bailey, thank you so much for joining me on the show this week. It was a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this conversation. And it's it's a very different tone than I've had before. And I think that's important to do sometimes. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Audience, thank you so much for listening. You can find Bailey everywhere. So those are going to be... All linked in the description. Not all. Mostly linked in the description. Um, Bailey, The Many Personalities of Me, and Linear. They're already launched, so go out there and get them. Have a good night, everybody. Take care of yourselves. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much to Bailey for coming onto the show this week. I know it was a little bit different, but I think it was a great talk, and I'd love to hear some more creators like this, and I'd love it even more if you went and supported her work. It really is good. 
Like I love the many personalities of me and Linear. And the audio versions are coming out soon, so even if you're not a huge fan of reading, you can definitely go and partake in it that way. Thank you as well to you, audience. My last few weeks have been absolutely wild between coursework and trying to figure out a schedule to edit better. And without your amazing support, I don't think I'd be where I am. Some positive news, I'm back in my house, so I'm getting that all set up and ready to go. If you like the show and you want to hear more, you should tell your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to promote this show. And if my guess is correct, with the release of this episode, we should have just crossed the 700 download mark or be right around it. Not too much longer. We're going to be at that one year point. So let's see how high we can get up there. This week's podcast recommendation goes out to Awfully Queer Heroes, which is a podcast that makes LGBTQIA plus D&D content. And they also make stuff on Kickstarter and they stream on Twitch. They're really great people. You should go listen to their stuff. It's it's phenomenal. Next week, November 23rd, 2021, there's not going to be an episode of Schedule for Launch. I've sort of fallen behind in some classwork and I don't want to release an episode that's bad. It wouldn't be fair to the next guest and I don't want it to flop. So nothing next week. We'll be back on the 30th. I can't wait to see you then. Take care of yourselves. Have a good night.